0: NASCAR race review with Hot Topic Sound Off. And tonight we are reviewing the races at Texas Motor Speedway and Southern National Motorsports Park. Uh, We're going to start with the review of the Arca East race at Southern National and uh, we'll have about 15 minutes for each of our uh, reviews tonight because we're going to have a one-hour Hot Topic Sound Off tonight starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so after we review the ARCA East race, we'll get into the Truck Series race at Texas, the Xfinity Series race at Texas, and then, of course, the NASCAR Cup Series races at Texas Motor Speedway. Again, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we will have our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with our Banfer Racing crew right here on Van Racing. Radio, so definitely looking forward to all of our conversations here tonight, and uh, we'll get started. Uh, Sal should be joining me here uh, in a few minutes, or hopefully soon, uh, but we'll go ahead and get started with the ARCA East Race at Southern National Motorsports Park. Uh, Sammy Smith dominated that race uh, on, uh, I guess it was Saturday. Uh, Saturday night, and uh, let's see, Uh, on Saturday night, only 17 years old, he didn't always have the best car, but it was the best car uh, during the latter part of the race, uh, and that allowed him to win uh, in that uh, event. Uh, I have to keep checking back here for Sal in case he shows up. Um, okay, they made an adjustment on the number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Machine during the second of two scheduled race breaks, and they were, that fix uh, was just what they needed in order for him to score a victory in the fifth Arca Menard Series race of the season. So we're into the second half of the Arca East schedule right now. Uh, Sammy Smith took the lead from Mason Diaz, shortly after the break, and led the last 68 laps uh, for that win. Uh, Smith entered uh, the race this weekend with a 22-point lead in the East series standings, extending his championship points lead to 30 points with his third victory of the season. Uh, Sal is here now, so I'm going to bring him into the queue. And uh, say welcome, Sal. It's good to have you back.
1: Oh, thank you, Sheriff. It's good to be back.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take about 15 minutes for each preview tonight. And I was just getting started with the uh, ARCA East. Uh, I'll tell you what. Sammy Smith and that number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing uh, car came home with another victory. Uh, it's been a strong car this season. Uh, With that win, Joe Gibbs Racing now has four consecutive wins in the East Series, uh, including the wins with Todd Gibbs. Uh, The team has also won the last seven races they've entered across all of the Arkham and Arts Series platform. So that was pretty cool. But, Sal, you've got to be happy that Joey East uh, was fastest in practice and uh, finished second in that race
1: yeah you know he's a he's a really good kid he's like like we had talked about before you know he's from out here on the um on the uh west coast and um you know to see him you know go go over there and compete and to have the results he's having 'cause he he really wasn't like what you would called you know a breakout driver you know as he was um coming up through the ranks you know he was he was good you know and he was being taught well but um you know to see him you know actually have the season he's having you know you know, it, it's um, it's really a neat, uh, it's really a neat, you know, something neat to see.
0: Yeah, it is. He's, he's third in the series points right now, but uh, that he, him, and Smith were the only drivers who finished on the lead lap uh, in that race. So, uh, let's see, a testament. East was the only other driver who finished in the lead lap. Yes, Smith passed the cars running third through fifth with roughly 10 laps to go. So uh, Raja Karut, the rookie competing in the uh, East Series this year as part of the NASCAR's Drive for Diversity program, also set a new record high at Southern National. He finished third, moving himself up one spot to sixth in the championship points. So that was pretty cool to see for Rev Racing as well.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I'm still having my. I'm at a hotel still. I'm in San Francisco, so I'm having internet issues. But slowly but surely, everything's coming coming together. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay.
0: Uh,
1: there we go. I'm getting to the race results. There we go. Oh yeah, Roger Carruth. So so, you know, it's kind of neat to see that you have that you have three rookies also, and you know, finishing the top three. You know, as far as mm-hmm. you know the, um, you know, as far as the, you know, as far as the the, uh, uh, as far as the race itself went, you know the C three rookies finish. You know when you've had you got some some good season rookies in there. You know that that's always a you know a good testament. You know as to how the um, you how know, the series is coming along and how you know how much these younger drivers you know are really taking advantage of it.
0: Exactly. Parker Rutschle finished fourth, just ahead of uh, Justin S. Carroll and fifth. It was then Daniel Dye, Mason Diaz, uh, Mason Mingus, Davey Callahan, and Max Gutierrez, roundi- Gutierrez rounding out the top ten. So uh, for Diaz, Mason Diaz, it was his home track for him. He qualified on the pole and led him almost all of the first 130 laps of the race before Smith took over. So Diaz struggled from that point forward and slowly slipped to a final finish of seventh place. So he's second in the East series points.
1: Okay. So I'm um, back at, I don't know if I just wanted to. Uh,
0: oh, did it bounce uh, on you? Weird.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. It's it's good to work, Okay, okay now yeah, before, okay. before yeah, we not with the uh,
0: move on, because we will get into the uh, standings here. But the next event, uh, Saturday night actually was the last standalone event for the ARCA East. Uh, they'll be returning back to action on July 4th at Iowa Speedway, but it's a combination race with the ARCA Menard Series, So, uh, and all of their races from here, not here on out are going to be combination events. The Iowa Race will broadcast live on MAP-TV, Motorsports Network with live streaming available on NBC Sports Gold Track Pass. The replay of Saturday's night's race, the Southern National 200, will be on NBC Sports Network on Thursday, June 17th. Starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time, but I always advise people check your local listings because a lot of times that can change So Sal do you have the and uh, Art Series East standings up?
1: Yeah, I had them. Oh, yeah, here they are right here. Okay, so um, After five races uh, leading the points is, is uh, like you said earlier is still on um, Sammy Smith with uh, five races in three wins um Five top fives, five top tens in one pole. Um, oh man, amazing! Lead. He's leading three. He's led 396 of 912 laps. There's no other driver that's him oh. close to that.
0: I know. It's <laughs> having a great year.
1: Yeah, the second is Mason Diaz, um with zero wins, but he, he has three top fives to go with his five race wins. Joey East, um, five top tens. Four top fives in five races. That's probably why he's so high up there in the in the in the in the, uh, in, the in the point standings, only thirty-four behind Sammy Smith. And then fourth is uh, Max uh, Gutierrez, who we know won a race earlier this season. I think we capital. We talked about that. And then Daniel mm-hmm. Dyer off the top five in the um, point standings. And then from there we go to Parker uh, Retzleff, six Rajah Karuth is seventh, Dick Doheny is eighth, Stephanie Moyer is ninth, and Carson Koppel is tenth. And uh out of all the drivers actually we've had seven drivers so far who've um completed all five all five of the races and then the other correct the other three are um it looks like they might be uh, part time drivers.
0: Exactly. So uh, but Sammy Smith has been dominant to the point that you made, leading 396 laps of 912, uh, five top fives, three wins, <laughs> uh, and five top tens. So, uh, he, he really has been dominant this year. And, uh, it, he's going to be tough to beat, but Mason Diaz is giving it everything he can. Uh, we had him on the show. And uh, he just said Those Joe Gibbs racing cars are tough To beat and they are You know when you think about what Ty Gibbs has done And what Sammy Smith is doing uh, It's Tough for these guys to compete up against Those cars
1: Not only that but then let's not Forget that Sammy Smith is also driving For Donnie Wilson racing In a super late model um, They just competed um, uh Last it was last weekend, yeah. Last weekend they just competed over at uh, last week of the weekend before. Over at um uh five flight speedway for the for the Blizzard series. So they, it was a it was a two part it was a, a two part race. They raced Saturday and then they raced again
2: on Sunday night.
0: Okay. So that's pretty cool. It is good to yeah, know actually that some he, of these he, guys he, are able to get in other races besides what they're doing yeah, in the arca series.
1: He ended up winning the race, but then he got DQ'd in, um, in post-race tech because of um, because of a carburetor issue.
0: Okay. Real quick, I want to make sure, before we go to the truck series, I want to make sure I let everybody know when the next races are in the, the Arkham Menards. Uh, for the general, uh, the, the bigger series, the Arca Menard series, the general tire, anywhere as possible, 200, is June the 23rd. 5th at 6 p.m. Eastern time at Pocono Raceway. Uh, the next uh, is the ARCA E. I'm sorry, the ARCA West will be racing the NACA Auto Parks 150, July 3rd at 7 p.m. Pacific. That's going to be uh, 10 o'clock Eastern at Irwindale Speedway. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. I forgot to mention that race at uh, Pocono will be on FS1. The race at Irwindale will be on NBC Sports Gold, Track Pass. The next uh, Menards uh, Suit Chiefs Showdown, the Menards 250, will be on July 10th, 9 p.m. Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, at Elko Speedway. And that race will be televised on MAV TV. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Arca East is racing July the 24th. 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern at Iowa Speedway. That's a combination event with the and Menards Series, and that too will be televised on MAP TV. So, uh, a lot of bracing still ahead here uh, for the and Menards Series.
1: Oh, yes, there is, um, and you know, it's it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be another good finish. I mean, so far we've. You know they haven't disappointed, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the season ends for for our, our top three, top five, top five drivers right now.
0: Yeah, well, for the RKEs, uh, there's only three more events for them. So uh, and those are spread out between now and October. So uh, three or more events coming up for that rke straight uh, series for them to determine who the champion is going to be. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, Camping World Truck Series. Uh, They raced Saturday, June the 12th at Texas Motor Speedway. And, again, it was John Hunter Nemechek winning the speedycash.com 220 uh, at Texas Motor Speedway on Saturday. The win was his first at Texas, his fourth of the season, and the tenth win of his career. Uh, Chase Elliott was second, followed by Ross Chastain, Grant Infinger, Austin Hill, Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, Todd Gilliland, Tyler Ingram, and Tanner Gray. The pole sitter, John Hunter Nemechek, won the first and second stage. I'm sorry, second stage was actually won by Zane Smith. There were 15 lead changes among seven drivers and seven cautions, for 38 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race, this can't be right, it says the average speed of the race was 14.761 miles per hour. I think that is a typo there. Uh, Okay, we talked about John Hunter Nemechek for Chase Elliott, who finished second. He posted his first top 10 finish in two races at Texas, and it was his first top 10 finish in 2021. This is in the Truck Series. So Ross Chastain finished third, posting his fourth top-ten finish in ten races at Texas. Chandler Smith's sixth, sixth was the highest-finishing rookie. And uh, we'll talk about it in a few minutes here uh, as it relates to the point standing. So any thoughts there about our top ten?
1: Yeah, it was... It was um... I'll, I'll tell you, it was I'll, after watching the drivers get out of the trucks. You know, talk about the heat, you know that they had this past weekend in Texas. You know, you kind of, kind of almost had to feel bad for them. But um, John Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek, just continues to, um, just continues to impress. You know, in that uh, in the Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. Um, gosh, he's, he's going to be he's going to be tough to beat come the end of the season. Um, it was good to see. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott, you know, get in a truck, you know, and do the one off and I think the reason Chase that he did the one off was just to try and get a little bit more handle on the track, you know, for the All Star race which was run on uh, on Sunday. But um, you know, when you look up and down the up and down the um the you know, the finishing, finishing order, you know what, it's 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 just not really one driver, you know, who's who's taking the series by storm, besides John Hunter Nemechek, because now you got you had Grady and Finger up there, Austin Hill, you know. Then, like you mentioned, you know, Zane Smith won a stage and finished um,
0: sixth. Yep, and and it should be noted too that John Hunter Nemechek is actually going to join Joe Gibbs Racing's Xfinity Series lineup for three races this year. Uh, that was announced uh, a little bit. Uh, That was announced um, last week. Uh, So Nemechek is making his JGR debut at Bristol Motor Speedway that September the 17th, and then he'll also be racing at Texas Motor Speedway on October the 16th and Phoenix Raceway on November the 6th. So really nice to see that John Hunter Nemechek is getting that opportunity with Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series as well.
1: Yeah, that's that is that is so true, you know what? Um, you know, it's um it's going to be an exciting uh exciting um uh time when it comes to the uh when it finally comes to the um to the playoffs, you know, and to see if,
0: you yes, know, if these
1: drivers, you know, can can continue to
0: still perform. I know, it's hard to maintain that kind of momentum for an entire season, but uh I don't know, he seems to be pretty strong. Uh, let's go over the uh, points report for the Um, campaign world truck series. So
1: the points are, um, first is our John Hunter Numacek. He's got um, four race wins, 11 starts and uh, and an amazing, (laughs) amazing 28 playoff points when he gets to when it comes time for the chase. Second is Ben Rose. Somebody close to him. Yeah. He's just light years ahead. I mean, he's, they might as well just put him in the in the final four. <laughs> Third is Austin <laughs> Hill. Fourth is Todd Gillowin and run out the top five is Zane Smith. Um it's good to see Todd Gilliland up there, you know. You know, you know, up you know, up in the top five. You know, after he a couple of um, you, Yeah, after and then that not only but then just watching him the last couple of seasons, you know, just you know, kinda of struggling to find his groove. But um, mm-hmm. you know, little by little, you know, Todd, Todd started to come around.
0: Um, you know, I give Shelby him a Creed. lot of credit, though, for hanging tough in the in the Camping World Truck Series <laughs> instead of trying to push forward to Xfinity. Uh, I think he oh, did yeah. the right thing by sticking it yeah, out with the truck series.
1: And it, and his dad, David. You know, David. I know he's the biggest influence. And David knows what it takes to run. You know, trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. And David has seen it firsthand you know, that, you know, that you don't want to, you don't really want to push somebody, you know, into it, you know, I mean, they're still young, they still have a lot of racing left, you know, and let them get as much as they can out of these lower series, you know, before they start pushing, you know, up into the next, you know, next level, and, um you know, and David's a really good scout when it comes to, you know, everybody knows, you know, his own race team, but he's also, you know, a really good scout, you know, at, at, um, and um, bringing up these up and coming drivers, you know, like a, like he's running the the developmental program,
3: mm-hmm. you know. So he's
1: got, and actually Todd isn't isn't really a DGR driver. He is per se, you know, because you know that the trucks are prepped by David. But you know, you know, he's, Todd's running with a different team because okay. the other the other the other driver is um, is Tanner Gray and. Um, and uh Haley Deegan are, are two of the regulars with uh with uh David Gilliland and Racing. And then of course David has the one truck that he um that he rents out, you know, for different drivers who wanna who wanna come in. But mm-hmm. anyway, so back oh. so back to the points. So now we've got Sheldon Creed at sixth, Grant Finger seventh, Matt Craft in eighth, Stuart Freeze in ninth, and Carson Hoselar is on the bubble with Chandler Smith uh 30 47 points behind 47 points behind um carson hostiles chandler smith
0: yeah again i just think that this is going to bounce around before it's all said and done uh they had five races left i think they're down to four races left uh in the regular season for the camping world truck series So, you know, this is getting real for these guys as far as uh, whether or not they're going to make it into the uh, playoffs. And uh, some of these guys that are below the cut line, uh, I've been saying it all season long, uh, some of these guys could potentially come up with a victory before this is said and done and put themselves on top of that cut line with a win.
1: Yeah, that is true. You know, you never know – you know, uh you know, you look at Johnny Sauter. Um, you look at Johnny Sauter. Uh I you know, as a, as a Tyler Anchor up too as a possibility. Um I don't know, Tyler just really hasn't found his knack the last year and a half. He's been kinda of struggling with trucks too. Um, you know, of course, you know, we'd like to see Austin Wayne self get up and, you know, get a win, Tanner mm-hmm. Gray. Um uh, you know there's I mean, you look up and down Timothy Peters, you know, even though he's not running full time um, and other than that, you know it's the only one you really you really look at it it's because they don't even have Kyle Bush on the, even though he's even though he's not running for points, so I'm curious how many truck yeah, have- truck wins he has this year.
0: Yeah, he he had some wins along with uh uh my whole screen just went down. He had some wins along with uh uh John Hunter Nemechek. So I'm gonna have yeah. to kind of reboot here.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they my, were they were going like they were um going uh like back and forth. You know, as far as the um as far as their,
3: uh,
1: um,
0: what do you mean they're going back know, Race forth? wins, yeah. Yeah, they were. They were going back and forth with race wins. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, there for a while, nobody was – it, it was like – it's hard for anybody else to win. Again, Cowbush Motorsports, which is the feeder series into Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, those cars have been very, very strong this year. So same as what we were just talking about in the uh, Arkham and Art series, how the Joe Gibbs racing cars are are tough to beat. Same thing in the truck series. Okay. Uh, Let's see if there's any news here in the truck series that we want to make sure that we bring up. I mentioned about John Hunter Nemechek racing in the Xfinity Series. Um, Okay, Lawless Allen adds to schedule with Rayum Brothers in racing.
3: Uh, Rayum Brothers announced
0: that Lawless Allen will run five more races with the team this season. He'll race at Nashville, Pocono, Watkins, Glen, Bristol, and Talladega. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'm curious how this how this deal came. I, I missed her. If I went to Arundel on Saturday, Wallace was racing his late model over there but I'm stuck out here in Frisco. I was gonna ask him how that deal came how the deal came about. I was dumb but I should give him a call and ask him how maybe get him on to talk about the yeah. you know, what he's got going on this you know, this season, you know, as far as with the well, we know you know, he's got the he's got five more races with the trucks. You know what it's and it's it, it's good to put him at Watkins Grant because he spent most of last year racing in the Trans Am series, you know, so he has the um he's got the road racing experience. You know, so putting him in a truck, you know, on a road course, you know, was a good uh you know, it's gonna be good for this team, you know, and, and see how see how Lawless comes you know, comes out of out of that.
0: okay. The other news here is uh, Jack Wood. He's going to finish up the season with for GMX racing. Uh, he previously raced at the Circuit of the Americas where he made his debut and at Charlotte Motor Speedway. His best finish between the two races was a 15th place finish at Charlotte. He's going to be in the number 24. He was in the number uh, – oh, Chase Elliott's scheduled to compete in the 24 at Texas, uh, but uh, Jack Wood will finish off the season in that car for the remainder of the year. So that was good news as well.
1: Yeah, Jack is, uh, he, he kind of disappeared for a couple seasons out here. We didn't we didn't hear nothing of him. And then all of a sudden this year he popped up and it seems like he's racing everything he can get his hands on.
0: <laughs> well, that's the way to do it. He's getting his name out there and, and uh, that's a really good thing.
1: Yeah,
0: it is. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the Xfinity Series. Uh, they also raced at Texas Motor Speedway on Saturday. Uh, their race started at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and, of course, Kyle Bush is knocking on the door of 100 wins. He had his 99th victory in the Xfinity Series on Saturday in the ALSCO uniforms, 250 at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, In overtime, overtime, uh, the number 54 of Kyle Busch won uh, at Texas Motor Speedway, marking his second win in as many attempts this season and his 10th checkered flag at Texas. He adds on to his all-time series total win, picking up his 99th victory in 359 starts after leading 23 laps earlier in the race. Justin Aldauer finished second, Austin Sindrick third, Daniel Hemrick finished in fourth place, followed by Brandon Jones to round out the top five. Then it was A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, Brett Moffitt, Justin Haley, and Michael Lynette rounding out the top ten. Sindrick won the opening stage, his sixth stage victory of the season, Uh, Bush was victorious in the second stage and, of course, the third stage. There were 13 lead changes among eight drivers and 10 cautions for 54 yellow flag caution laps. The average speed of the race was 107.773 miles per hour. Uh, This is the 10th victory and 18th top 10 finish in 24 races at at Texas Motor Speedway, for Kyle Bush, Justin Algauer posted his, uh, 11th top 10 finish in second place in 23 races at Texas and his 7th top 10 finish this year. Cindric posting his 6th top 10 finish in 8 races at Texas. That's pretty impressive. Jade Buford, who finished 16th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race and, uh, that the, the, pretty much the stats there for the uh, for the uh, Xfinity series at Texas. Your thoughts there, so?
1: Yeah, it was a. Uh, Alguer was fast. I, I thought I really thought he had Kyle Bush and then Kyle Bush came back. But on that last restart, you know, I don't know. I don't know some people seen it in my way, and some see it in another way. But when you have your teammate behind you, you know what? push your driver don't lay back and let him leave him hanging out to drive because you're not going to win he's not going to win Noah Gregson was right behind Justin and he he could have given him a a really good push and pushed him right past Kyle instead I don't know some somebody said he spun his tires I didn't see him spin his tires I just never seen him just launch and 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 really give Algar the push he needed for whatever reason I know him and Algar have gone back and forth on the track as being teammates, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, Noah's wrecked him a couple of times and, and maybe Noah just didn't want to push him or because he wasn't going to whatever. But, I mean, Carmen bit Noah because he finished seventh and he still doesn't have a win. You yeah. Know, and, um, Unfortunately, you it know, doesn't it, seem like
0: Noah's made a lot of funds on the track. That's for sure.
1: He, you know, and, it's, and especially with that, you know, I, I read Twitter, you know, and I read a lot of people, you know, were talking about that. They said, you know, Noah, and it was on his own Twitter page, you know, someone said, yeah, maybe if you'd have pushed your teammate, you know, he didn't re- – of course, he's not going to respond. If he responds, mm-hmm. he's going to say, well, you know, I spun my tires or something else. But, um. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I just couldn't well. –
0: Yeah, it happens. You know, there's any number of things that could have happened that caused that to be the case. But uh, I know a lot of people were looking for him to to be supportive there. Uh, But they also know that there's no uh, love lost there as well. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts here about this group? I keep saying that Daniel Hemrick is knocking on that door. He's got to come up with a win here sooner or later.
1: Oh, he has to. He has he has been I mean, he's been strong, you know, he's he's having good finishes. You know, he's you know, it looks like they're giving him a car to win. He just he just can't I don't know, he just he's like he's like Mark Martin trying to win that championship in, in the cup series, you know, he just could could never close a deal and, and that's just, it seems like that's where Daniel Hamrick is sitting right now, you know, he just can't For some reason, he just can't close a deal and get that win. Hopefully, he gets a win before the end of the season. It'll be huge for him, you know. um, You know, they're talking about, you know, some drivers are just meant, you know, to, um, you know, to be in certain series, you know. And, and, you know, somebody mentioned Allgaier, you know, just staying in Xfinity his whole career. Well, then you look at, like, Ron Hornaday Jr., who just ran trucks.
3: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, sure, he dabbled in Cup and Xfinity, but. His cream of the his um <clears throat> his cream cream of the crop was running the um truck series, so I think sort of to the
0: up. Trinity series was a good move.
1: Yeah, it was a really good move for him. He's he's really been impressive and um he's been strong just like A. J. Almendinger. is another one that's been that's mm-hmm. been showing you know, a lot of promise, you know, a lot of uh a lot of problems. Um, uh, promising in the in
0: the series, yeah, and it's been fun watching both of those guys race in that series. Uh, so I, I think uh, the series was the benefactor of both of those guys coming into it and and kind of sticking it out there i'm I'm real happy for them. Uh, let's go ahead and hit the uh, points standings here.
1: Okay, driver points. <clears throat> Um, We're still looking at Austin Sidrick, who's leading the points. He's got three race wins. They have 21 playoff points going into the playoffs when they start. Second is A.J. Allmendinger, who's got two race wins and 13 playoff points. Third is hanging in there, and third is Daniel Hamrick, which still no wins, but uh, having a very consistent season, that's what's keeping him up in in that third spot to where you, you can, when it comes to time when they start locking drivers in, it looks like Daniel will be one of them that will be locked in. And then uh, from there, then we go to uh, Harrison Burton, Justin Algar, the top five. And then um, actually the top six because we take 12 into the into the chase. Justin Higgins, mm-hmm. the six. of them. from there, then we go Sevenson, Jeb Burton, Brandon Jones, Noah Greggs, and Michael Annette, Jeremy Clements, and Brandon Brown round right out the, the top 12 with Brandon Brown yeah, being on the, on, on the bubble.
0: He's on the top side of that bubble, and uh, I think that's pretty darn cool uh, that uh, he is there. Uh, he, it's going to be close because there's only eight points between him and Maya Schneider, who's in that 13th spot. Uh, but, again, I think there's a lot of drivers down here. Uh, that could come up with a win. We know Josh Berry has a win. Ty Gibbs has two wins. Uh, Ryan Sieg is right now in 17th place, but I've seen him not as much as we saw him last year racing in the top 10, but in the early part of the season, he wasn't so much up there in the top 10. In the second half of the season, we're seeing him there a little bit more frequently. So I think Ryan Sieg uh, is another one of those drivers that could pull off a victory. And myatt Snyder already has a win. So he's actually in, even though he's 13th in points and Brandon, that would drop Brandon Jones outside.
1: Yeah. And then if, um, if, uh, if, they, if Josh Berry has, gets gets enough races, then he'll be the other one that'll, um him and Ty Gibbs actually will drop
0: Michael and then Jeremy the Yeah, I don't think Ty Gibbs they're going to give him a waiver because he's only raced seven of the 14 races, and I don't think he has any plans of racing other than part-time this year, even though he's had the two victories.
1: Yeah, two uh, very um, impressive victories at that.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, and in playoff points, uh, Arson Sindrick again, kind of has the most. He's got those six. In addition to having three race wins, he's got six stage wins. The closest to him on that is uh, Daniel Hemrick, who has five stage wins, uh, but he doesn't have any uh, victories this year. So that makes a huge difference in the playoff points. Uh, the three wins give uh, Austin Syndrich those 21 playoff points, and Daniel Hemrick just five playoff points.
1: Yeah, those playoff points are going to come in. They're going to come in huge at the end of the season. When you know, if you have a bad race, you know, basically, if Michael Annette makes the makes it, or even if Noah Gregson makes it with those two playoff points, it's, that's not really going to help them, especially if um, Austin Cedric has a bad race and the playoff points are just going to, I mean, that's that's almost a, that's almost a guaranteed spot right there into the next
0: round.
3: Hmm.
0: I want to get your thoughts, Sal. Uh, we talked about this on Hot Topics last week. Uh, some people are kind of saying that maybe it's time for NASCAR uh, to end the whole stage racing thing. Uh, because the breaks are too long when they take the stage breaks and uh, uses a lot of the uh, lap stuff. What are your thoughts about that? Because uh, along with that, they're saying maybe they can give the stage points without actually stopping the race.
1: I don't know. It's tough. It's it's like you're in a catch-two situation because um, you have – I mean, we – we've seen to where it has made racing somewhat exciting. And then we've also seen the downside of, you know, like you said, you know, you know, what, you know, what some of the fans are saying, you know, about the, you know, about what, it, what it's taken away from the racing, you know? Um, I, myself, I would just rather see them get rid of rid of the, the stage wins, the stages, because in my opinion, I don't like the playoff point situation there. I mean, you win a race, you win the race, you get the points and you move on. I've I've never been a fan of the, the when they started doing the you know you know with the with the playoff points because you know then basically you can you can almost sandbag your way through the playoffs you know like Martin Truex when he had all those all those playoff points that one year you know he really didn't have to go out there and and really push for a win or a good finish because he had the stage points you know that were going to boost him into, into the next into the next round so why even why even worry about you know having a you know, a um, you know, you know, going out there, you know, at full full bore, so to speak.
0: Okay, now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I like the stage racing. <laughs> I think it keeps all the drivers engaged throughout the race. Uh, we forget why stage racing came into being. Uh, what it is, and that's because people were sandbagging an entire race. And when you think about it, fans come to the track, they want to see their favorite driver out there racing at the front, if they can race up there at the front. And a lot of these guys were sandbagging and and uh, not, not showing up until the end of the race. Uh, so NASCAR instituted the stage racing in order to keep all of the drivers engaged uh, to get those extra points. So... Um, you know, I'm an advocate for the stage racing for that reason. Now, I wish that they could. Uh, they didn't have to take so long for the stage breaks. There's got to be a way that they could stop that. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I've kind of wavered on this a little bit, but uh, I could see some value to awarding the stage points if they have a way of doing it where they could uh, take the telemetry. Uh, at where the stage break would normally happening and award the points based on the running order on that lap uh, and continue the race without stopping it, uh, I, my, I would rather be in favor of that than just discontinuing it altogether. I still think there's value in having the drivers engaged throughout the race. I hated the sandbagging, uh, and I hated it for the fans. Because you pay good money to go see those races. Who wants to watch their driver race at the back of the race uh, for three quarters of the race and just show up at the end? That's 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 uh, a waste of some good hard-earned money, in my opinion.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. You know what? It, and, it, and it makes a lot of sense. You know because you know it, it went it went both like you said it went both ways. You know. Mm-hmm. But um. You know it, it's just you know what it was a tough a tough situation, a, a tough dilemma that, that NASCAR was in, you know, when, you know, when they brought up the stage races, you know, and, and it's like with anything that they bring out new, you know what, you're going to have the good and you're going to have the bad.
3: You know. That's it, true. It, it, and it, it, sometimes fans
0: it, forget why we, you know, why we put it into place. And sometimes when you get what you ask for, you decide you don't like that either.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. You know what, and, and it's just. I mean, it, it's it's just the nature of the beast, you know. And unfortunately, yeah, you know is. what, um, you know, I mean, you know, will NASCAR ever find a happy, happy medium? Probably not.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's hard to please everybody all the time. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Cup Series. Uh, let me see if I can get that info here. Um, they raced again at Texas. They had the All-Star Open as well as the uh, All-Star Race. And uh, it was really kind of interesting. I the, the Open, I thought, was a little bit easier to understand what the heck they were doing. The All-Star Race seemed like it was a little convoluted to me. But... Uh, and uh, at the end, uh, Kyle Larson continued his hot streak. Uh, let me see. For the All-Star Open, let's give the fast facts for that first. Um, Eric Almorola won the All-Star Open and will race in the uh, All-Star race for the fourth time in his career. Ross Chastain won the first round, and that was after he was uh, had to start at the back of the race. Uh, at the back of the field after a pre-race inspection failure, so uh, that was pretty impressive. Uh, and Tyler Reddick ran one round two of the All-Star Open, and all three of those drivers were able to race their way into the All-Star race. Matt Benedetto won the fan vote, and he was also able to race in the All-Star race. So for DiBenedetto, Benedetto, it was the second time in his career. Uh, Tyler Reddick, the first time he raced in the All-Star event, as it was uh, for Ross Chastain. And as we mentioned earlier, Eric Amarola raced in the All-Star race for the fourth time in his career. Uh, as far as the All-Star race itself, uh, Larson held off Kazlowski by .206 seconds. Elliott was third, followed by his Pinsky teammates, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, Hendrick Motorsports, other two cars driven by Alex Bowman and William Byron, finished sixth and seventh. Uh, Byron's 30-laps out front were the most on the night, and Eric Almirola, Kyle Busch, and his older brother, Kurt, rounded out the top ten in the 21-car field. Uh, Kyle Larson uh, won the second uh, the all-star race, it was his second all-star race win. Terzowski finished second, followed by, uh, uh, we mentioned it already, uh, Elliott, Logano, Blaney, Bowman, Byron, Almarola, Bush, and Bush. Uh, Larson <laughs> took the lead with seven laps remaining to help him uh, off the rest of the way, and the race was broken into six rounds. The first four Rounds were 15 laps each, one by Larson, the 12 of Blaney, the 48 of Bowman, and the 24 of Byron. After the first round, the top 12 finishes were inverted. Following the second round, the entire field was inverted. And at the conclusion of the third round, the top nine were inverted. Before the fifth round, drivers were lined up based on their average finish in the first four rounds. The fifth round was 30 laps and was won by Chase Elliott. The sixth and final round was a 10-lap shootout. Only green flag laps counted during the entire race. Drivers, uh, we mentioned the drivers already, they advanced. There were 10 lead changes among eight drivers and seven total cautions. The average speed of the race was just 84.919 miles per hour. So... Um, some pretty interesting stats there, uh, for the all-star race.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't, I don't know. i I watched it. And I wasn't really too much of a fan with the format they used this year. I didn't like the 12 car invert and I didn't like the full invert. You only invert once. You don't invert twice, three, four times in a race because, um, I'm surprised that one of the teams didn't really play to the invert, you know, and, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, there was too many times the invert shouldn't subverted once. And I think the invert should have yeah. been at the very beginning of the race.
0: You it know, seemed a little you know, convoluted you know. to me. And it was good that it the was. announcers were explaining it to everybody as they went along uh, because it was hard to kind of keep track of what was going on with each thing. And I guess they did some kind of during the race, fans were voting on the invert.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: How they many had was uh, the, invert?
1: well, they, they, they picked a color, and then they had the invert underneath the color on the stage.
3: Okay. That's what
1: they did. So so they had, like, four colors, and then the fans would pick one of the colors, and then whatever majority color they pick, that's then they pick up the thing, and that would be the invert. You know, I didn't care for that. I, you know, I just, the whole format, you know what, the 10-lap shootout, you know what, come on, these are Cup guys. You know what, like give them a 30-lap shootout. Give them something to shoot for. Them. Don't just tell them basically yeah. 10 laps. Ain't, ain't nothing going to happen in 10 laps. I mean, shoot. You know, understand with the heat and all that. You know what, you know, the heat was a factor. You know, you know played havoc on the track and havoc on the drivers and the teams. But, you know, I mean, it, they needed more than that. that I, I, didn't, I didn't like that ten lap shootout. They needed at least a thirty lap shootout. You know, you know, give yeah. guard a chance to kind of settle in and you know, and do some passing. You you ain't gonna see no passing in ten laps.
0: Okay, some some more uh, stats here. Kyle Larson won uh, the race his second All Star win in five races. He also finished in the top five three times. Hendrick Motorsports won its record extending tenth. All-Star Race in second consecutive. Previous wins came in 2020, 13, 12, 6, 3, 1, 1999, 97, and 95. Larson becomes the eighth driver to win the All-Star Race more than once. He joins Jimmy Johnson, who has four, Dale Earnhardt with three wins, Jeff Gordon with three, uh, Davey Allison, Kevin Harvick, Mark Martin, and Terry Labondi. With two, so uh, th- that's some pretty interesting stats there as well uh, for the All Star race. So
1: yeah, those <laughs> are those are when you when you think about it, but um, they they need to come up with the format and just leave it like that instead of every year doing something different because they I'm sure 90 percent of the fans it's a good thing that that they that they, um, that they explain it because I know they are talking about it, even some of the drivers weren't understanding too well. They're just, they're relying on their, um, on their, uh, on their crew, you know, to tell them, you know, about what, you know, what, basically what's going on.
0: You know, yeah. The because you know, yeah, just...
1: then they had to have that, because then they had that mandatory pit stop, you know, and, right. and I guess. Within ten laps or twenty laps or something like that, and that's when they did the that's when they did the,
2: the pit stop challenge.
0: Yeah, I just thought the whole thing was confusing, and uh, actually, I found myself kind of nos- being nostalgic uh, for the outside Race, being in front of their hometown crowd at Charlotte Motor Speedway. As much as uh, this is another example, we. We've, a lot of us are advocating for the all-star race to be in different tracks and different years. Um, and when it first opened up, I kind of felt bad that they weren't at the home track at the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Did did, did that uh, feeling come across to you at all?
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was different, you know, cause you know, like you say, you know, we used to see it over there, you know, not in Texas, you know, and, and you know, I don't give Eddie Gossage, you know, a uh you know, a big round of applause, you know, for trying to make it give it a different you know, a different feeling while doing, you know, that you know you know, it was gonna be the actually it was his last race at his last no no, he's got one more cup race at the end of the season and that's it. And then he leaves for um you know, he's he's retiring going on other things, but um you know, I just it 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 just I don't know, it just didn't It, it just didn't have it didn't that,
0: same, that same, same feeling Yeah, it did Yeah, I agree I agree Let's go ahead and cover the points report Of course, uh, the all-star race was not a points-paying event uh, But we'll just refresh everybody's uh, memory Of where the points stand after Sonoma
1: Okay, after Sonoma, the point standing is... Uh, Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is leaving the points
0: Ham- now? No, Denny huh, Hamlin still
1: leads. Okay, what I'm looking at is playoff standings after Sonoma.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh, I wonder why he's not giving the uh, point standings.
0: Where are you looking?
1: That uh, Jasey.
0: Okay, because you're probably looking at their uh, the playoff standings. You want to look at the points report after Sonoma. Yeah, I I'm... Yeah, I think you're looking at huh. the playoff standings because Jasey does the playoff standings. Um. And yeah, they've got playoff standings after Sonoma. So that that does show Kyle Larson in the lead. But what you want to do is go down further where it says driver point standings.
3: Okay, we'll
1: get it right now. Okay. Um, driver point standings in the Cup Series is Danny Hamlin leading the points, Kyle Larson in second, Chase Elliott in third. William Byron in fourth, Joey Logano fifth, Martin Charles Jr. sixth, Kyle Busch seventh, and Ryan Blaney round off the top eight since we take sixteen drivers into the um, into the uh, into the uh, playoffs.
3: And
1: yeah, then from the there, thing then we that's go...
0: interesting there, uh, Sal, is Kyle Larson, who's in second place. Um, is he has the eleven 11- stage wins, that's amazing and that's in addition to his three race wins so he has 26 playoff points in total. Closest person to him is the other driver with three race wins and that's Martin Turex Jr. but he only had three stage wins giving him 18 playoff points so uh, those stage wins can make a big difference Oh
1: yeah you know on Come the the start of the uh come the start of the um of the chase, you know and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, playoffs and we're gonna see that.
0: Yep. And then yep. and
1: then going back going back down the line we got Kevin Harvick in ninth, Brad Kozowski in tenth, Alex Bowman eleventh, Austin Dillon twelfth, Tyler Reddick thirteenth, Chris Boucher fourteenth, and Chris Bell Rano Chris Bell, Fiftieth and Michael McDowell round out the
3: top sixteen.
0: Yeah, Michael McDowell is hanging on. Uh, he's still in that 16th spot. He's above the cut line uh, by 24 points. Win. And he's got the race win, that's right. So he's going to be above the cut line. But uh, even points-wise, he's still in the top 16. So you got to give him credit for that. Uh, Matt to Benedetto, though, is knocking on the door. He's twenty-four points out, uh, and uh, again, I just think that it's drivers below the cut line that could come up with a victory.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them in there, you know that that could you know possibly come up. You know, Kurt Busch is one of them. You know, um, the way Ross Chastain raced this last weekend. At Texas, he's another one. I mean, he was very, very aggressive, you know, you know, to make the, you know, to make it, get his, to race his way into the, um, into the All Star event, you know. And
0: And then, what about the guys that are still at zero? There's five drivers. Eleven drivers have victories of the sixteen drivers, but five of those drivers have zero wins yet for on the season. Some of those divers could still come up with a victory too.
1: Oh yeah, we haven't even seen Kevin Harvick getting a victory later or uh, Danny no. Allen. At that. He had
0: the most wins last year.
1: Yeah, who basically dominated the whole season and here he is sitting ninth in points with zero wins and zero playoff points.
0: It's amazing.
1: Maybe maybe uh Maybe it's time for Tony to step down and just worry about the S R X and, and be approved. <laughs> and put and put someone else in that spot so they can start winning races again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well hopefully they'll they'll uh they're putting a lot of focus I think on this next year, uh, twenty twenty two. And uh sometimes you you when you when you uh look ahead you uh, lose track of where you are, so it is going to be interesting. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> basically it's going to come down to the guys with the most that have the most uh, playoff points are going to be the the ones to to keep advancing because the other ones are going to like they're like going to slowly and slowly. They don't start. They don't start getting any. Any any points, are gonna slowly but surely weed themselves out of the out of the um chase.
0: Yep. Okay, Sal, we're winding down here. Uh we did a one hour show tonight, uh, for our, our review show. Uh we're gonna have a one hour hot topic segment tonight, uh, with Jay and Tommy coming on board here shortly. Uh but I know you're in- in San Francisco. Uh where are, you, are you headed home soon?
1: Finally. After three weeks I'm going home. Oh, I'm going home in the morning.
0: That's awesome. I'm
1: driving home tomorrow, seven hour drive. I sleep. At home and then Wednesday evening I have a flight to catch to uh to uh Seattle for my grandson's graduation on Thursday.
0: Oh, so you're still you're still jet setting. Well, so after three weeks, I'm only going to
1: see I'm only going to see my house for for about twelve hours. That's it. Wow. Less than that. Well, yeah, about twelve hours.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I hope you have safe travels, Sal, and happy birthday to your grandson.
1: Graduation.
0: Oh, graduation. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, high
0: school graduation. graduation. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. Well, I made it through the first half of the show uh, without the dogs, B-A-R-K-I-N-G. So hopefully we can make it through this next hour without that as well. But uh, thanks there you for go. being here. It's always fun. All
1: right. You guys have a good weekend. Tomorrow's the fifteenth. Looks like no more masks after tomorrow. Disneyland made the announcement today that masks are no longer required. So wow. we'll see what happens with the rest of the world. I know I was shocked when I heard when I heard that. Basically if if you have the, if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask. They're gonna do the honor system, they're not gonna check. Right,
0: right. So you know, we'll,
3: we'll, that's we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, they're saying that for those people that are not vaccinated though, they're saying that they're might be more at risk than they were when everybody was wearing masks. So we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah. All
1: right. Well, All right, good night, Sal, everyone. Have a good you. evening. And we'll talk to you next week.
0: Okay doke. It's a deal. Okay. Take care now. All
1: right. Okay. Okay. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. We are at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time frame. And uh, that means it is time for NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And joining me for tonight's show are a couple of our for Racing crew members. And we'll start with, uh, let's start with Tommy. Tommy Kraft, welcome to the show.
3: Hey,
1: thanks for having me.
0: It's always good to have you on, as well as Jay Husman our co-host for Thursday nights. Welcome to the show, Jay.
4: Thank you, Sharon. Tommy, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
4: Pretty, pretty good.
0: Pretty good. Okay. Well, Mike told me he wasn't going to be on, so I went, usually on Monday nights, I go to Owen first, and then Owen couldn't make it, and then right after that, uh, Andy posted that he couldn't make it, And, Tommy, thank you for saying that you're available tonight because I jumped on that right away um, to say, yes, we need you. So thank you for being available.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. So with that, let's go ahead and start with our hot topics for tonight. Jay, we'll let you go first.
4: All right. Well, I know I didn't get a chance to put any of them up onto the uh, the page there, but I don't know that any of them needs the uh, article or attachment. First one I want to start with is Kyle Busch did win his 99th NASCAR Xfinity yeah. Series race. He's entered in Nashville next week, and I don't know what else he has left on the schedule for this year, but his statement has been at 100, he was done. So... Whether or not he holds to that, if he's done after this year, I mean, I know if he hits 100 next week at Nashville, he might race whatever other commitments he made for this year. But uh, then done after that going into next year, if he thinks he holds true to it, and whether or not that is a loss for the Xfinity Series. Okay, that's a good one. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts?
2: it would definitely be a loss to the Xfinity Series because he is always a threat every time he is in a truck or an Xfinity car or a cup car or really anything. So um, I miss it when Brad and Carl and all of them used to race in the Xfinity Series full-time. I do like the way it is now, but at the same time, I kind of wish that some of the cup guys did compete in a little bit more races. Uh, I'm in, I am excited to see that John Hunter Niewiczek will be in that 54 car. Uh, I bet he probably gets a win in it, too. I mean, Ty Gibbs is winning in it. That seems to be the dominant car with the 22 car and the 7 car <clears throat> and all those guys. But um, Kyle Bush probably wins again at Nashville and gets a Gibson guitar, and uh, maybe he is done, and that will be a huge loss for the Xfinity Series. So maybe... Is his plan to get a hundred across all three series and then retire?
0: Okay, yeah, I I 100% agree with you, Tommy. I think that uh, it will be a huge loss for both the trucks and the Xfinity series to have Kyle Busch uh, not be able to race. They've limited him, I think, to just five races in each of those series, uh, and therefore a while he was taking the first five races of the season. Uh, just to kind of get it out of the way and move on. Uh, this year he's doing it a little bit differently. But uh, I, I, I too, miss having some of the Cup Series guys come down and race in the Truck Series and Xfinity Series. We saw Chase Elliott do it uh, this past week. Ross Tastain, uh came and raced in, in the Truck Series. Uh, so that was good to see. But uh, I would like to see it a little more often, too. And I will tell you, uh, all of the drivers were talking about it in the Xfinity Series race, how much they enjoy having uh, drivers like Kyle Busch come down into that series and race uh, with them because they do learn a lot from those drivers when they're racing in that series. I know there's, uh, the fans don't always like it, but uh, I think universally most drivers, Uh, like the idea of having those guys in the series uh, and being able to learn from them. And I remember uh, a a lot of drivers telling us, in order to be the best, you've got to be able to beat the best. And one of the biggest uh, joys, I think, for a lot of these drivers is if they can beat Kyle Busch on the truck, they feel like they have really accomplished something in their careers. So that's what they strive to do uh when these guys come down into those series so it's going to be a huge loss uh now will he hold true to his uh uh statement that after 100 wins he'll stop we'll have to wait and see uh but uh i do think it would be a huge loss if he does so jay i'm curious to know your thoughts
4: they pretty they pretty much align with yours there, Sharon. I know Tommy made some of the points, too. The first one being he did make the statement 100 and he was done. So I feel like he should adhere to that. But I, I, I see it like you guys do. It is a loss for the series. It is a loss to those other drivers that say they learn from him and the confidence that gives them knowing whether they're running right with him or beating him on the track. You know, that's that bar they want to strive for. So it is a loss all the way around. And then I know with NASCAR or with this sponsorship side of it for Kyle, he talks about it in the trucks. That's part of what allows him to allow these other drivers, the part-time rides or whatever, is he agrees to do X number of races, brings in the sponsorship dollar and then spreads that across. So other drivers get the opportunity. And that's where I think fans get one single minded. They don't like Kyle. They don't want to see him win or whatever, but there's so much more to it that, than that that makes the sport go around. And I think NASCAR did a great job. They listened to the fans. They said, okay, you can't run a full season. We cut it down to, what, 10? I think the first cut they made, then it was seven. Now it's five. I think they found that happy medium. I personally think it should be a little higher, but I'm okay with where they're at with it. You know, So I think they did the best they could to try and appease the fans. But also keep the business side viable, you know. And I know Kyle still says five, or five yearly isn't enough. So, but I think they could tweak on that. And I know obviously the truck series is where he'll put his focus now, even more so, being that if he does hit the hundred in the Xfinity series and stops.
0: hmm Okay, Tommy, your follow-up. <clears throat>
4: I like what Junior
2: said on his show. He said uh, that Mark Martin that Front Row Joe, uh, Joe Nemechek, is what made him better. He said they would come down from the Cup and race to the Xfinity Series and just tear them up. He said, but we learned so much. He was talking about him and Matt Kenseth because that was like his top competitor in the Bush Series when he was racing and um, you know rookies <laughs> together and everything. But yeah, it would just be a huge loss because he's been. Dominating a long time in it. I mean, he's almost got a hundred wins, so that just shows. So, but I don't want to see him end it. But like Jay just said, he'll focus on the trucks. So I was thinking he probably wants to get a hundred in the trucks and then stop. Um, but maybe he has his eyes on two hundred for Richard Petty. But uh, that's just that's just way too far. <laughs> maybe David Pearson. Maybe David Pearson. Uh, but that's that's all I got to add to that.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I I agree. Again, I just think that uh, uh, if you talk to the drivers, it's almost universal. They all feel the same way, uh, that they like having the Cup Series drivers come into those series and race. Um, The other point that Jay brought up about, uh, you know, maybe maybe five is not enough. I, I kind of agree with that. I know Kyle says it really hurts him sorry, sponsorship for his team. If he could raise more, he could probably get more sponsorship. So I guess NASCAR has got to kind of weigh that as well. Uh, but I, I agree that maybe 10 was too many. Uh, I would say seven or six are probably about right. Uh, six maybe for the, uh, expen- or for the you know, truck series because they don't run as many races. But I I, I think that uh, five is kind of, a, we can live with that. But I would like to see maybe one or two more uh, races if they could manage that. Uh, I think it would be uh, really, really good and uh, healthy for the sport. So I'll just add my two cents on that point. Jay, any final thoughts you have there?
4: Uh, yeah, I got I got two cents, too. Actually, I got a nickel, so I might spend a little bit more. But <laughs> the, the problem I have with this is that it's not about cup drivers coming down. It is about Kyle Busch coming down. You didn't hear That's anybody true. complaining that Chase Elliott was in the race. You don't hear anybody complaining they sell out more tickets when Dale Jr. is going to drive. I know he's no longer an active cup driver, but you get my point. It is not about the cup drivers coming down. Unless you go back to when they were running full-time with the top organization. And I did understand that, and that's why I said, I support NASCAR in cutting them back, um, even to down to 10. Again, I think that might have been a little many, but I'm not the one that has to say what covers the bills. So if Kyle says he needs at least seven or eight, then, you know, work with that. But that's where I really feel the issue from the fans is it's not about the cup drivers entered about one driver, and I don't like to see that that's why I feel like Kyle even made the statement that hey I'll be done then, and a hundred's a huge mark i mean uh I, I don't even remember what mark martin's record is is like fifty one or fifty two he's double right, broad. so you know, and he's not doing that one for his own team anymore, so I think it may open I'm hoping it will open up the opportunity. For either a couple of the other cup drivers, we've seen Martin Truex, Danny Hamlin, possibly Bubba Wallace, or even from the truck series John Hunter Nemechek. then, to then step in that ride in spots where they may normally use Kyle. They can use another driver. Um, so hopefully it still works out good. But I I wouldn't even – I know if, if Kyle were to run next year after he goes over 100, I, you know, you can hear it in your head, the, the fan lash back. You said you'd mm-hmm. aren't now. I understand that's what he said, but it's one of those things of hey, sometimes things change. I wouldn't hold it all that against him if he were to continue anyway, because uh, again, it's you know, if that's what's financial viable for the team and they got to do it, they got to do it. You know, it's either that or maybe the team goes away. Is that what you want?
0: Exactly. So again, be careful what you wish for because it could hurt you in the long run. Okay, Tommy, you get to. Uh Bring up the next hot topic.
2: Uh, let's just go with the uh, All Star race. Let's just go with thoughts on that, and uh, like the rules package and the outcome and everything.
0: Okay, Jay, I'll let you go first.
4: I still thought it was a good race, and again, the open was very intense. We saw that from the get go, the drop of the green, somebody was spinning out loose and giving it all of the head from from lap one. The All Star race itself, I still thought it was a good race. There, are in the final three to four laps, yeah, Kyle Larson had the car, but Chase Elliott, Joey Logano were right there with him. It wasn't like he blew their doors off and was ten seconds ahead, so. I'm going to let Sharon read Mike's comments. I know it wasn't directly on it, but uh, I think she, you were in that chat group where him and Andy were talking about it. And I wish he had been here tonight because I wanted to have that discussion with him. I do not see where they want to bulldoze that track. I, I just don't see it. Um, but <laughs> I'm still in favor of rotating it to different tracks. And, yes, you may have it where one track works better, you know they don't have the right package and it doesn't come out as good but that's how you find out is to try different things try new things and see what happens
0: okay jay i'm going to have to have you read it because i don't know which thread that was on was that on the hot topics or was that on race state chat
4: yeah it was a different one uh if you want to go and give your thoughts there i'll uh, i'll try and pull it up while you're doing that
0: Okay, um, yeah, I I thought it was a little confusing the way, what they were doing during the all star race. I had no problem following the open, uh, that that was fine, but the the drawing the colors or the numbers or whatever uh, to figure out what the invert and all that was going to be. I don't, I could have done without all that, but. You're right. The racing wasn't all that bad. It was just a little confusing. And I thought there were too many rounds. I didn't think there'd have to be that many rounds. Uh, and, yeah, there's a 10-lap shootout. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more on the, on the final uh, segment. Uh, they're just getting started at 10 laps. Uh, so it's already over uh, before they actually get going by that point on a, on a four round. So to me, I would, to me, it was too confusing. And I think a little bit too much, but, um, uh, the race, the racing was exciting. Um, but all of that inverting, I don't know how much it changed. Uh, so I don't know that it was all that necessary to be honest with you. I, 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 Wasn't a fan of the format. I'll just say that. Um, But uh, And I also found myself, I I was mentioning this to Sal earlier, that when they were doing the introductions and everything, I was almost a little nostalgic for it not being in front of their hometown crowd for the all-star race when their family and friends could be there for for all the hoopla of the all-star race. Um, So I I have to admit, I I was a little nostalgic uh, that it wasn't at Charlotte Motor Speedway where where their family and friends could be there to watch them. So uh, I wasn't expecting that, but it did kind of wash over me a little bit as, as they were doing the driver introductions. So, Tommy, I'm curious to know your thoughts.
2: I liked it last year at Bristol Motor Speedway. Um I thought that was awesome. Now that Martinsville has lights, why not do it there? I like the idea of them rotating the tracks. Um I was just actually gonna say too that I actually missed to being at Charlotte. Um but just that was where it was at for years and I mean, one hot night, nineteen ninety two that's where it all started with David Allison and Cal Petty, so I mean we should probably go back to that, and keeping it in the same way, but um, or NASCAR should. But, you know, it was just too much. I'm, I'm with you guys. It was just too much. All of that, like, ten. I like the 10-lap segments because it was quick. Um, but, honestly, I felt like whoever started on the front row was who was going to win. That's what I was catching the gist of. And the Hendrick cars have been dominating, um, so I believe I picked Kyle Larson to win, and that's what what happened. I mean, it's just they are on top right now. They are the top team, and I don't expect things to change. Uh, it's too bad that Chevy got it figured out this year because next year they're going to change the car. So maybe it's actually a good thing. Cause it'll be more competitive because right now it's just competitive between the Chevys, in my opinion, really, and then you just sprinkle in you know, Kyle Busch, Truex, and Denny Hamlin and Joey and Brad, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there are some other drivers knocking on the door to do wins, but, I mean, Chevys are dominating.
0: They certainly are. Uh, Jay, what's what's your follow-up on this one?
4: Well, first I'll start with here of, of what the chatter was between, and it looked like it was just between Mike and Andy, uh, let's see, where do I want to start? Uh, the, they, they expressed some uh, confusion with the format and uh, when they had uh, the inverts, and then caution laps killed the first heat, and the full field invert there. Okay, here's where Mike started. He said, I think so. Still a crappy race. No challenge to the leader after the first lap or two off of a restart. And this is where he said they just need to bulldoze this place. Andy came back with, "I uh, one million. I don't know how many zeros are in that. Agree." And <laughs> said, "Short track, please." Uh, okay, that was kind of where it ended there. The package thing comes into play, but that is one of those again. For the first time at Texas, even though it's a mile and a half, not every mile and a half is the same. I disagree, I do understand the the upfront starting up front seemed to be an advantage, but we saw some great restarts and I'm not just not just in the the all star race but uh talking about the Xfinity and the, the trucks as well. But and then again, like I said, we had it was not a bumper to bumper, wheel to wheel battle at the end, but Chase Elliott was there, Joey Logano and I can't think off the top of my head who the other one was coming, okay? So another lap or two, just the way it played out. And Tom, Tommy mentioned it. You know, right now, Kyle Larson and Hendrick Motorsports are on top of their game. You can't design a race to try and cripple a team that's doing what they needed to do. Two two years back, they brought out the new Camaro. It wasn't right, and they struggled. You know, they mm-hmm. went went did their homework, got it right, and are now reaping the rewards of it. Why are you going to try and recreate a race just because of that or, you know, this season. So that, there again, I get frustrated with fans that want to jump on something like that because that's, they were given the rules, they went to work at it, and, and they mastered it. I mean, why you want to punish them then for mastering it? That's what I don't understand. As um, far as the format, uh, there was, I, I liked some of the things they had in play with the five segments and then the 10-lap shootout it did get to be a little much. I understand that, that some of the feeling on that, but I did like some of the things they threw in there. The fact that the fans are engaged, the fans got to pick the, the uh, what was it, random color, which had a number behind it, and they changed it up. Mm-hmm. So I like that it wasn't, you know, and, and they mentioned this on the broadcast. The first year they did that, they said, okay, the fans get to vote, whether you want none, six, or 12. Everybody knew it was going to be 12, So there wasn't really a surprise to it. Having the multiple different numbers in it be a random that the fans got to pick what color, but they didn't know what number was behind it, I thought went a lot better from that aspect. But I do understand where, especially if it was a casual fan or, you know, somebody new to the sport, that all the different rules and and the inverts and that could have been a little confusing. Uh, From what I heard on some of the in-car radios, it was to some of the drivers and crew crew chiefs as well. So... (laughs) that maybe maybe you found that limit of what is what is good and what is too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that too that some of the drivers were even confused about what was going on and and uh we had the benefit of the broadcasters uh, kind of updating us and keeping us informed. Uh but the drivers had to rely <laughs> on the spotter and the and the crew chief to kind of keep them informed of what was going on. Um I uh uh, there was a point that you made I wanted to piggyback on and I can't remember. Whoa, I am not in favor of bulldozing the track. <laughs> that I don't think needs to happen. Uh, but I, I, I do think that, uh, uh, they need to make it a little bit, they don't need to have so many rounds and so many inverts. One, maybe three different rounds with one invert. Uh, would be good, and I, I would like to see the last round be a little bit longer than what it was it, because, like you said, there were some drivers kind of coming up on them, uh, and we didn't really get a chance to see that part of the race play out because it, it ended so quickly. But uh, other than that, I guess I'm okay with it, but um, that's but let's not bulldoze uh, Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> Okay, Tommy, your final thoughts?
4: I don't know about
2: bulldozing it either, but I think maybe they should just go there once a year, in my opinion. And uh, nothing against the track. I just – I don't know if I'm a a mile-and-a-half fan. I mean, some of them are entertaining, like Kansas for sure. Um, Charlotte, like the Coca Cola 600, Atlanta will have a good one every now and then, and Vegas. Um, but overall, I just like super speedways and short tracks, and like Phoenix, and then some of the new road courses are really cool. Um, but just don't know about Texas. Um, like I hate, I really don't miss Chicagoland either, but, um, that's just me personally, like I said, the mile-and-a-halfers, the cookie-cutters, whatever you want to call them. But um, the, it was just – I feel like it was just too much. I i like the way the open was, the three stages and the fan vote. Maybe they should, just, should have just done three or four, like three stages and then the fourth for, like, the finale or something like that. And the inversions were cool, inverting a lot up and changing it up, but it really did just seem like whoever was on the front row was going to was going to win, so um, at least, I mean, that's really what it looked like um, just from watching it like that, but uh, yeah, Hendrick is dominating, uh, it seems to be their only threats right now are really Kyle Bush and Joey Logano, in my opinion.
0: Okay, and, but, um, never mind, <laughs> I have misread something there. Okay, let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next hot topic, Jay.
4: Oh, was that our second round already? I thought I thought I got to reply to Tommy there.
0: Oh, okay. Did you have a reply for Tommy?
4: Go ahead. I, I, I most certainly do. Uh, the first couple times he's been on the show, from my opinion, I thought maybe he was a little timid and shy and not going to fit in with us as a group. But I got to applaud him because – he jumped into a hornet's nest there, and I can't believe Sharon didn't respond to it, of the not liking or not missing Chicago <laughs> like I know Chicago what you're land. talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see? Uh, no, I see. No, I respect the opinion, but that of the mile and a half, that was most certainly, and Sharon and I were there when Kyle Bush and uh, Kyle Larson went door-to-door and wheel-to-wheel and spun each other out, and neither one was mad because that was the racing people want to see. Um, going back to Hello, uh, the... What's that? no, that was Chicago land. Oh. Trust me, Sharon and I were there. Oh <laughs> well, that was yeah that was that was a good race
2: I was maybe I was mistaken. Chicago land for Kansas, but either way, that was Kansas and Chicagoland do have some good races, but overall, it's sight that about half halfers are just sick. they don't really I don't know there's sometimes the restarts are good, and you, you know you get you do get good racing, but Sometimes you just see cars dominate the whole day, like Ron Blaney and Kyle Larson did at Vegas and Atlanta.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well and
0: the other thing that I liked about Chicagoland was that they had all four races. They had the ARCA, the trucks, and Xfinity um, with the Cup Series, and all four races were really good events. Uh, and all of them were really close races, I uh, I couldn't believe it when they decided not to race there anymore. Um, so I I for one miss it. <laughs> and uh but I live in that area so uh it's, it's a little bit different for me, I guess, uh, when it comes to that. But
4: okay, uh um, the the final so, the final thing I wanted to say, Sharon there, uh with that um With the the bulldozing thing, I know you both were saying that that's not the answer, and I agree. And, Ben, you brought up the old uh, washing machine adage that a couple of weeks ago, bring back an old saying, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, yes, there could be some things done differently. I know that's why they use the PJ1. There are things that can be done. That track is still semi-aging, if you will. I know when they first repaved it, we went through that it is still growing into what could become an Atlanta style track. So you gotta take that and give it its time to develop as well.
0: Okay. Uh let's let's go ahead and go on to the next hot topic here. I've got a couple of barking dogs here.
4: All right, if you want to go into it, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I've seen and heard good things about the SRX. Uh, If either one of you two got to watch it, I'd like to hear your opinions on it. My DVR didn't record it for some reason. Okay, Tommy, go
0: ahead.
2: I did watch um, the first heat race. Uh, Greg Bissell was dominating, and the cars looked awesome. I have to say that. And um, they really do look cool. They're colored up nice. They all look the same with that uh, rear spoiler. And like, I think they had gold tires. I don't know. They they looked awesome. It was sold out. The fans were there cheering loud. I mean, the place was packed and it was awesome to see the old heads. I guess you can call them now going at it. Bobby Labonte, Tony Stewart, uh, Bill Elliott, Michael Waltrip. I mean, Waltrip was up there running apparently in the, the second heat which I didn't see but and Greg Biffle, like I said, he was out there just dominating the whole the whole time. I mean, he was tearing it up. And um some of those other guys were up there, like the guy that just won the IndyCar five or the the um Indianapolis five hundred, he uh he was up there in like second or third and so was um Ernie Francis Junior and he's he's really young apparently. But then apparently the hometown hero ended up winning it, which was pretty cool. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm going to have to catch the next one for sure.
0: Yeah, I missed it this time. But uh, I really want to watch the next one, especially with all of their talk about how good the racing was. Uh, And, and, uh, yeah, I heard that it was all positive. I didn't hear any negative about it. And the next race is going to be at Knoxville on dirt. So I think that's going to be uh, pretty exciting to watch as well. So, uh, I, I, and they're racing this weekend at Knoxville uh, on Saturday. So that's going to be a do not miss race for me.
4: Jay? Yeah, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure why my DVR didn't get it, and I was uh, at uh, my own local dirt track here, so I, I said I missed it. But it did sound pretty positive, uh, even from Mike. I know he had some opinions on the uh, broadcasting uh, crew, as it were, but, you know, to me, that's not what it's really about. It's one of those, my hope is the sustainability. Uh, you know, right now it's new. Everybody's on board. We got six races this year. If they look to expand or, you know, how they move about it in the future of whether or not it's sustained and the fans stay supportive of it. That's always my issue uh, when it comes to that is uh, don't be fickle about it. If you're going to be behind it, be behind it. Go through the good and the bad. And I, I say that as a Cubs fan. You stay a Cubs fan even when they're losing, you're happy when they win. Well, this would be the same thing, you know, if there's something, a track they go to, kind of like the All-Star Race, you know, you want to see it, you want it to be a thing, so you can't tear it down when it doesn't go exactly the way you want. But everything I have heard so far has been positive. Uh, I'm with you. I've got to make sure I get the next one recorded if I'm not able to watch it live, uh, because I do really want to see it, and I do hope they succeed with it. And I know it's bringing something to CBS right now, I think Mike did have that up as one of the articles or a hot topics of CBS isn't looking to get into NASCAR. This wasn't a test run for them to see. This is something unique, and I, I like that. If that's what they want to carry and that's where it is, it brings them, them something unique to bring their channel up as well. So uh, So far, all around, I'd have to say it was a pretty good deal.
2: It was awesome to see Alan Bestwick back in the booth. Um, He sounded really good, in my opinion. I missed him from TNT, and uh, Matt Yocum, Danica Patrick was there. I didn't think she did that bad of a job. I thought she she did pretty good with um, Alan Bestwick. And um, speaking of them going to Knoxville, I think Haley Deegan's going to be in it next week, so um, that's going to be interesting for sure. And uh, Ken Schrader was there with Ray Evernham at the pre-race show. I did see that. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next race and the rest of the season.
0: Okay, sorry about that. My mute button was on. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that next race. I don't have a whole lot to add because I didn't really get to watch that race this week. Um, so, Jay, I'll let you have the final word on it.
4: Well, I will say this. That was one thing Mike was positive about. I'm not going to pull up his exact comments on this one, uh, but my choice. Uh, Seeing Matt Yoakum and Alan Bestwick back, he is not a fan of Danica Patrick. I'll put it that way. I don't know what she could have done better. And, again, I didn't see it, but uh, he is not a fan of hers. I'll put it that way. Tommy said that he felt like she did pretty good. I know that I have my own opinion when it comes to her racing career, that maybe there was a little more hype than performance, but also I don't know that she was given the right opportunity and situation. So, same thing applies here. You got to let them develop that as they go. Um, and again, I'm not—I don't watch a race to critique the announcers or the broadcast. I understand if there's something that's horribly wrong, I get that. And the right combo can certainly enhance it. But for me, as a fan, it is about the racing. And like I said, from what I've heard and seen, that all went really well. So I like it, and I'm behind it.
0: I'm going to bring up the next hot topic here because, uh, Jay, J, you alluded to it uh, a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up as a hot topic separately, uh, and that's about CBS. CBS, when they first brought on, uh the s r x series which is now the camping world truck the camping world s r x series um, the, a lot of people thought maybe that was going to be uh opening the door for c b s to to uh pick up nascar as well as IndyCar. well that was all put to rest this week uh they said uh that uh, they're not looking at IndyCar for next year, and uh, they're not likely to be a player in NASCAR negotiations uh, when its current TV deals with Fox Sports and NBC expire at the end of 2024. So uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that because uh, uh, they've been on a lot of different uh, networks, uh, but CBS is kind of ruling themselves out. So, uh, Jay, let's start with you, since you brought that up.
4: Well, that would be one that, again, I don't know what, what they're looking for. I think they're missing an opportunity, but that's my opinion. You know, uh, I did feel like this was maybe them testing the waters. And I know I saw that where they, they shut it down and said, uh pretty much no to IndyCar and not really to NASCAR. But we've seen that with many other things. You decline it and deny it right up until it happens. So I still think it may be a possibility. It may not be next year per se, but I think that they are using it as whether or not racing is a platform they want to cover. And there again, I think that if they choose to go down that road, you get the right broadcast team and people together to make it happen. You know, I think back to when I first started watching racing with my dad. I mean, that was CBS was one of them that covered at least the, the Daytona 500 for a few years. I know ABC did. Okay, they've gone away from carrying it full time, but that this might be their happy medium, uh, if you will. The fans are their fans or channelers wanting some racing. They're not going to go full time with it, but they'll carry this if that works for them. Then so be it. You know they got to make that decision and judgment on their own. But I do think they are missing the boat because I I think that uh, that it can be viable.
0: Tommy, what are your thoughts?
2: I was just going to say I thought I saw all over Twitter where it was kind of like where. CBS was like, we're not interested in any car, and now they're saying that they are, and now ESPN was showing some interest, I saw too, it looked like. So, I mean, it's, like Jay was saying, it's kind of like never say never because it might end up happening. They're just denying it, but then it it might end up happening. So, um, I just know that at the end of the year, I believe NBC Sports is no longer going to be doing it. So, what's where are they going to go? I know there was discussions of USA... Um, I was just gonna say that I missed seeing it on TNT with um, I believe it was Alan Bestwick and Wally back and Benny Parsons and uh, was it Dick Berger and in the was we'll see the pit crew guy um, I missed that so maybe maybe one day we'll get a, a throwback where somebody like ESPN does a race or TNT or something but uh, it's it is really just interesting to see how one week or a month ago they're not interested and now they are interested uh, CBS NBC and all that stuff so it's we'll see it we'll see it play out
0: yeah i kind of agree with you i think um uh it's interesting that he kind of shut the door on it uh at this stage of it because we know that NBC said that they're kind of backing away from it Uh, from what they originally thought they were going to be doing. They're closing down uh, NBC Sports Network. So uh, that, that kind of surprises me more than anything. But something's going to happen at the end of 2024. We just don't know what it's going to be. So I agree with you guys. Just because they say no now doesn't mean it's no forever. And a lot of things can change between now and then. Uh, but we know that something's going to have to happen uh, with regard to Fox or, or NBC especially. Uh, so uh, we just got to give it the time to play out, I guess. Uh, but I think it, it's uh, kind of, I, I would like for IndyCar to kind of find a home. Poor IndyCar seems to get kind of bounced around all over the place. Uh, so if they could find a home, I think that would be really great. Um so, Jay, what are your follow-up thoughts?
4: Yeah, it's it's one of, it's one of those that, um, like you said, you're going to have to kind of wait and see it play out. Uh, I think that maybe, to it is that they don't want to play their hand too early, if that is the case. I don't want to say they're going to try and lowball it then come time when they do decide to jump in, but, you know, business is business, and there's they're smart people involved in business, so... Like I said, we've seen it before, uh, and the most one that comes to my mind is Michael Jordan saying, yeah, I'm doing nothing with Danny Hamlin when it comes to racing, and lo and behold, here we are. So I don't always take that as a hard truth, even when those kind of statements come out. Uh, We'll see how it develops. And like I said, maybe they find their niche with this and just doing the six, eight races or whatever, or doing it on occasion um, to bring it in. And, And if that's what works for them, more power to them. I think somewhere some network is going to pick up and cover NASCAR because, like I said, I, I think it's a huge market and, and workable thing. But I'm not in the budget business or the bean counter business either.
0: <laughs> okay, Tommy, your follow-up.
4: Uh, I'm
2: just interested to see how it plays all out. Who the new commentators will be? Who will be retired by then as a driver and? Um, where will Junior go if NBC Motorsports, if they don't, you know, if they don't go to NBC. So, yeah, we'll see how it works out.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too, because uh, a lot of people have talked about how Jeff Gordon is taking on a bigger role at uh, Hendrick Motorsports as well. So uh, there could be some commentary change uh in that regard if, depending on how much of a bigger role he's taking we know eventually uh Rick Kendrick is going to retire so um but uh as far as CBS goes uh it's it's just a matter of time I, it, these things have to be negotiated uh and who knows, that could be kind of a tactic that they're using uh, in their negotiations with NASCAR. Who knows? But uh, we'll have to just watch it play out and see what happens. Uh, I don't think anybody actually knows, uh, to Jay's point about Michael Jordan. He adamantly he denied it and then ended up being the, exactly what was happening. So uh, time will tell the rest of the story, as they say. So, Tommy, you get the next talk topic.
2: Um, well, I don't know if y'all watch uh, the Dale Jr. download and your uh, door bumper clear, but um, let's just go with uh, some of his previous podcasts. I mean, he's had Kerry Earnhardt on, Ward Burton, and uh, I think he's going to have Jimmy Spencer on tomorrow. He had Tom Norris on, I believe, from Trackhouse recently. But he's been getting a lot of reviews and uh, views on his last few podcasts, like he's been in the top five and top three and getting really good reviews on his like last three, which is Carrie, Ty, and uh, Ward Burton. So, just wonder if you guys have seen any of those and if you had any comments on them.
0: Okay, Jay?
4: I had I, I don't uh, believe it or not I don't listen to the Dale Jr. podcast. Uh, I know that's going to put me on the on the on the list of bad people, if you will. But um, I don't have much to say on it because, like I said, I don't I don't listen to it.
0: Okay, I actually have listened to a few of them uh, when he had Kerry Earnhardt on and uh, Larry McReynolds. I listened to that one. Uh, I want to go back and listen to the Ward Burton podcast uh because uh he he does he does have a good uh technique for interviewing the drivers and and uh everything that he does on that show. And I gotta say this. Our Jason Schultz, who used to be part of our fan for racing crew when we first got started uh several years ago, he is now one of the uh, producers. Uh he, he actually went to school at, at uh, University of Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina uh, University of North Carolina at Charlotte Uh, and he now works (laughs) with Dale Jr. on the podcast as uh, kind of a behind the scenes uh, director or producer or something but he's doing a really good job. Occasionally they do show him uh, in the background so I think that's kind of cool too and that gives me reason to tune in. Uh, so to see Jason. So anyway, but yeah, he does a really good job. I enjoy his interviews. Uh, the one with Carrie Earnhardt was uh, really interesting. I love the stories that he pulls out of people uh, when he does his interviews, and uh, it's really good stuff. So Tommy, I'm curious to know your your thoughts.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I don't really listen to the full episode sometimes. I did catch a few of the full ones, um, like Mike Skinner. That one was interesting. Um, But the Ward Burton highlights that I have seen were pretty good. They were pretty funny. I mean, he's, you know, his his accent and everything. So it's really entertaining to hear him talk. And uh, they were talking about the Bristol fight from, like, 2001 to in that area between them. When
0: he threw his helmet?
2: Uh Uh-huh. Well, he he threw something at him and then in the interview said that if he would have had something else, he would have shot him like, or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I
0: remember that.
2: He was talking about his Daytona 500 too and how the car was all cheated up on the, on the podcast. Yeah. They openly talk about how the cars are rigged and how they won some of their races and everything. So, but Carrie and, whenever he brings like Carrie or family on, they always bring in the family stories and those are so entertaining. Like, um, apparently according to one of the ones I heard, Kelly Earnhardt was the best one out of all of them, according to Dale, when it came to racing that he, she had it, but since she was a woman, she, she never, she didn't make it at the time that she tried to do it. And that's why she was so heavy on Danica and why she's so heavy on Haley Deegan. So it's awesome. Um, I mean, you learn a lot on the show, honestly, and he brings in – like he's going to have old Jimmy Spencer tomorrow, so I know that one's going to get great reviews all, just automatically. I mean, he's <laughs> – Jimmy Spencer's a legend for talking trash and everything, so this, that'll definitely be a good one. Um, and I did want to add on it, too. He did that I Am Athlete thing, and they – it was Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and some other NFL players, though, Chato Cinco or Chad Johnson, and that was really entertaining. because oh, they drove them all around the track after they all said, All there, y'all, you're not athletes, y'all just drive in circles or whatever. And then they were all talking about how they couldn't handle the G force coming off of the straightaway into turn four without getting lightheaded. And they were all like, You do this? And he's like, Yeah, we do this 20, 20 miles faster because that car couldn't go as fast. And, um, and then they do it in packs and for how many ever laps. And then they were like, yeah, y'all are a different kind of athlete for sure. But it it was awesome. And then I think they interviewed Kyle Busch too. So it's awesome.
0: Okay, Jay, follow-up.
4: I, I will say this. Like I said, it is not one that I, that I listen to. That's what I love about NASCAR, especially when you're talking about, say, a driver or a team. You have that many options um, to to go to, uh, I do like what he does, and he does bring in a lot of a fan base as well as you mentioned the crossover. When he started working for NBC, talked about him doing the Olympics. He went to the, the Super Bowl. It happened to be the one up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I mean, I'm it's great that he's there and doing that. I didn't want it to seem like I was against Dale Jr. because I'm not. It's just not one of the ones I listen to. I'm in my vehicle a lot. I got Sirius XM. I listen to the several shows they have on throughout the day. I have my favorite there that I, that I go to. So that, I do love that, that there is so much content available. Uh, I know there's a couple others that do the podcast. But again, it's just not my thing or what I listen to. That or YouTube uh, just isn't how I choose to intake. But that's what what the great thing is, is all the different medias and, and hosts uh, that you can go to so you find where you fit or find what you want and, and you can because there is so much available, which, again, goes back to I don't understand why a, a television station wouldn't want to cover it because it is. I mean, there's such a fan base.
0: Yeah, there really is. And, and uh, Dale Jr., most popular driver. <laughs> in nascar for for over a decade, so uh you know he's got a great following uh but uh yeah, I just really enjoy the interviews when I have tuned in uh and when I heard Ward Burton was gonna be was on, I thought, oh man, I've got to go back and listen to that one because i I would love to see them have Ward and uh Jeff Burton on there uh, because I think I heard kind of the same thing. Uh, between them, they have a brother, Brian. I guess he never really had any interest in, um, uh, racing, but, uh, I think at one point I heard he, he was not that bad of a racer. He just didn't have any interest in it. He was actually pretty good. But, uh, I, I think it would be cool to have Warden Jeff. I, I, one of the things that I've heard, uh, on occasion is that why, how did Jeff end up being so articulate, uh, when he speaks? and uh Ward talks you know when he talks it sounds like he has marbles in his mouth, he's got that southern drawl um but uh i i uh and they said because Ward lived on the south side of the house, and uh Jeff lived on the north side, <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a funny response to that but um i i I do think that uh, he has really good podcasts, and you're right, Jay, there's so much content out there uh, right now that uh, there's a lot of choices, and that's a, a really, really good thing. Uh, so, But the Dale Jr. Download, uh, uh, I think, has uh, some really great stories that come out. And, and I just like to kind of also, I, I guess, having our podcast, I like to kind of listen to that and kind of see what his technique is a little bit as well. So, Tommy, we're going to give you the final say-so on this one.
2: The Kim Trader one was another good one. Um, That was the one that I think got me into him uh, listening to him and watching him and – Tony Stewart came on and discussed some of his interviews, you know, his post rate interviews, his temper tantrums, if you will. That was another good one. (laughs) Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of good ones out there. And the Ty Norris one was really good. He talked about how he got kicked out or the D, the DEI spin or the Michael Waltrip spin gate or whatever that was, all that good stuff. So, I mean, he does have some good stuff. Um, he had Ernie Ir- Irvin old, Swervin Irvin earlier this year, I believe. Um, I like how he, he brings those guys back. In. Cause I remember a lot of those guys from my period of racing that I remember the most is from like 01 to 08, 07 probably. So I love seeing him bring in guys like, Sterling Marlin, Jeff Burton, Bobby Labonte, Terry Labonte. It would be cool to see Johnny Benson on there, Uh, you know, guys like that. Um, But, yeah,
0: I really enjoy it. Even Ron Hornaday and some of those guys, yeah, uh, I agree with you. And if anybody can get them, uh, those are the guys that can make it happen. So, uh, anyway, uh, do we have time for one more topic, you guys think? (laughs) <laughs> or should we do our round table?
4: Well, if if you saw in the chat room there, I, I thought this might be a quick one to just kind of touch upon uh, as far as Roger Penske being asked about his driver lineup for next year.
0: Okay, what did he say? Because I didn't see that.
4: Uh, just Well, they asked if Cindric was going to be in the 21 as it pertained to the Wood Brothers and then Brad Keselowski. And he made this statement of, I don't know. And now I should pulled it or shut it down here. Let me pull it back up real quick. Uh, I found it kind of uh, leading, if you will, and that's why I wanted to know what you guys took from it. All right. Uh, it says, uh, Roger Penske met with the media Friday, was asked again about Brad Keselowski's status with the team for next season. He also addressed the issue of the number 21 Wood Brothers driver. Austin Sindrick was previously announced to be taking over the ride for Matt DiBenedetto. And when he asked, uh, Will, when asked Will Sindrick be in the 21 next year, he said, I don't know. And Brad Keslowski's statement is still, we have a contract for the rest of the season. Anything he's going to do and we're going to do, we'll make that announcement properly at the right time. And then there was another one. Okay, here. Earlier in the day, Roger Penske was asked who would drive the number two next year. He says, we really haven't made a decision at this point. We've got a contract with Brad through the end of the year, and we'll make a decision when that's over. And then again, when it comes to the number two, there was something else that caught me off guard, and I was looking for it, but basically said, well, it's only June or July. Why are we asking about it now? Uh, when some of these announcements were already made, now some of it may have changed. So I think there's a lot to it, and I just wanted to see what you guys thought as far as if we're getting little information that's confirming what we already knew or think we know.
0: Uh, okay, so Tommy, your thoughts.
2: My bold prediction is Cindric in the 2, Blaney in the 12, Logano in the 22, the Betadetto in the 21. I think that's what's going to happen, and Brad's going to be in the 6 probably. But I don't know none of that's confirmed yet. But from what they were saying on Twitter a few months ago, it was all but confirmed that he was going to go to that six car. So that's how I think things will
0: shape out. But time will tell. Oh, okay, uh, exactly. Time will tell the rest of the story here again as well. Uh, but yeah, he he was uh, very evasive in kind of answering any questions. Uh, But I thought it was interesting. Uh, Anything he's going to do or we're going to do, we'll make announcements properly at the right time. Uh, Will Cindric be in the 21? I don't know. Uh, Can Benedetto possibly return to the 21 next year? For me to discuss drivers, what is it, Junior July? The season isn't even over yet. We haven't made any permanent decisions on drivers. There's a lot of moving parts. So, uh, and same thing with uh, Keslowski when he was asked. I can't talk about that, but I appreciate you asking uh, when they asked if he's going to be back at Team Penske. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, these guys can't talk about it. We've talked about this before. Sometimes one domino has to fall before the other dominoes can kind of fall into place. And that's what I think is the case here. I think they have to wait for all the dominoes to fall into place before they can make any announcements. And uh, until then, they have to be as evasive as they are being uh, with uh, the media. But it's the media's job to ask these questions, too. So um, I guess we'll just give it time. I'm going to real quick make the announcement that we are going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time uh but uh we will continue recording the rest of the show as part of the bonus overtime material probably won't be as long as it usually is because uh, we had the one hour segment tonight uh but just uh, for any new listeners that are tuning in uh just to let you know we are going to go off the air but the recording will be available on the podcast and I will go out on twitter to let everybody know when the podcast is available all you have to do is fast forward to that two hour mark in order to hear the rest of the conversation. so uh, Jay, what are your thoughts about that, those comments
4: the, the comment you you read it that's one I was looking for um specifically when it came to the twenty one saying, well, we're not going to comment about that uh, right now. It's only June or July. The season isn't over. That one was already announced. You know, it may be changing, which that's what my takeaway is. He is acknowledging that the change is going to be made. They don't know uh, exactly what yet or they're trying to finalize it. But I think we got confirmation. I feel that's a, a pretty solid confirmation because they went from the announcement that Sindrick was going to be in the 21 and Matt Benedetto didn't have a ride well we don't know we can't talk about it Right now or we'll announce something when It's time to announce well one of those You already did announce you know like I said so uh, it's going To be interesting and, and I'm kind of torn uh, you know With what what Tommy put out there of Sendrick just going to the number two uh, In replace of Brad Keselowski if that is how the Dominoes fall and Matt Benedetto staying in the 21 Um The two being the flagship uh, of that team uh, seems to be anyway. I'll say that. Uh, I know in recent years, Joey Logano in the 22 has kind of been the the more dominant driver, but uh, most recent championship winner for the team. Whether or not Matty D deserves to be the one to move into the number two you know, we've seen several drivers, Ryan Blaney, uh, and then uh, Matt DiBenedetto move through the 21, as well as Paul Menard being in there uh, until he chose to retire. So I, I kind of wonder, I, I'm kind of torn. I feel like Matt DiBenedetto ought to be given the opportunity to be the flagship driver uh, with what he's shown. Uh, and I know they made some changes with the team this past weekend. Seems to have worked pretty well Uh But also, if he can stay with the 21, that's the team he's been building with since Sendrick is coming in as a new driver anyway, moving him into the number two. It's kind of a tough call, and I'm sure sponsorships and a lot of other things are going to come into play with that as well as the Wood Brothers because, again, that is technically a separate team. They have an alliance with uh, Penske. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but I do think – as Tommy put it, those, I feel those are going to be the four drivers with Penske. Uh, Joey Logano, I, I don't see moving out of the 22, nor Ryan Blaney out of the 12. To me, it is the 2 and the 21 are the, the, the factors. And now Benedetto possibly being able to stay at Penske, which we didn't think he was before. But I do think those are going to be the four drivers. But it is still possible... That, that may even, they may pull something else out and you see another driver come out of nowhere that we didn't know about or even see coming. Maybe Kurt Busch, we we keep throwing his butt in the air. Uh, maybe he ends up back <laughs> at <a> Penske Ford. Well,
0: <laughs> okay. Tommy, your follow up?
2: Uh, they could move Joey from the 22 to the 2 and put Cedric in the 22 and then keep Maddie D in that 21. Um, but. Maybe they will put Cindric in the twenty-one to promote Matty D to the twenty-two or the two. That would be that would be good for Matty D. But um, I feel like Austin cindric might be their future, so why not go ahead and put him in the twenty-two also or the two right off the bat, and let him let him. I mean, it would be cool to actually see the two have a rookie. I feel like I haven't seen a rookie two in a long time. Has there ever been a? Uh, Driver drove the two-car been a rookie because I don't think Rusty Wallace was. I think his replacement was Kurt Busch. So, and then who was next after that? Brad, I guess. So, I mean, maybe it's time to get a rookie in that number.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I, it is going to be interesting. There's a lot of up-and-coming drivers uh, coming up through the ranks, if you will. Uh, and like he said, there's a lot of moving parts, and that's what makes this so tricky uh, is that, you know, one thing changes. You might have a a plan in place, and then something changes, and all of a sudden now you've got all those dominoes to play with again, and you've got to try to figure out uh, how you're going to fill in the spots. So it is going to be interesting, and and to the point that uh, Jay made about You know, you already announced that, uh, you know, uh, it was a one-year, uh, deal with Matt DiBenedetto in that 21 car. So, uh, that could be not the case now. We may find out that that's going to be different too. So, with all these moving parts. So I guess we just have to let time take its course and, uh, As soon as that first domino drops, though, I guarantee all the others will start to fall into place as well. And, you know, there's some other, if you look at the the page here, uh, they mentioned a lot of people saying, Brad Keselowski and Roger Penske both saying, when I can talk about it, I will, Uh, but they're not in a place where they can talk about what's going on yet. So uh, we just have to wait until that time comes. Jay, your final
4: thoughts? Yeah, one one of the things I look at of, again, it was announced that Cindric was going to the 21 of the Wood Brothers. Now that they may want, Penske may want Cindric into the number two, if they had agreed for that to say, and I'm just throwing a number out there, a two- or a three-year deal with him in the 21, now they want to put him in the number two, okay, where does that leave the Wood Brothers? They say, hey, we announced this, you know, he's our driver now. That maybe some uh, negotiation. Hey, we'll give you better or, or more support than we have as far as the alliance, or you know. So that's what I think is. I think uh, you know w- w- what I think is happening now is, you know, that announcement was made. They're trying to renegotiate it, uh, possibly. Uh, you know, and I don't know how the the Wood Brothers team itself feels about keeping that dependent like I said, I know right now they kind of went through, a, I say a slump. I don't know if I'd call it a full-bore slump, but they weren't running as good as they were, and you certainly have have to um, think about that, of whether or not they were preparing to move forward with with uh, Sendrick, uh at least for a year or two uh, as they thought. So uh, the other one that kind of came to my mind that, that and I hate to say this because I want to see Dean stay within that organization because I think he was building something. Uh, They just hit a a bump in the road. But again, one that is possibly on the, on the outside looking in is Ryan Newman. And you think about the old school racer that Ryan Newman is and the old school team that the Wood brothers is. I mean, what kind of fit would that be?
0: Yeah, that sounds like an interesting scenario. Ryan, one of two things that either he's going to be retiring or he's going to go somewhere else. So again, we don't know what the, what the case is, but uh, an interesting scenario there. Okay. Uh, Tommy, you got anything else?
4: Hey, real quick there, Sharon, mm-hmm. if I can jump in. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mike just put under, under that, being that i put it on the, uh, on the board, Mike put on here, it says, interesting, he doesn't even throw out the we're still working with Brad and hopefully can get a contract like they used last year. I'd say it's got to be a done deal. And then he said, I wonder what's holding up the announcement at this point.
0: Okay. And
4: that that's... Con- that's kind of what I was alluding to. Is, is yeah, that, that I, I feel like Roger Penske is saying we're having to move on and shuffle things up now because we know what's coming from Brad's side, but they won't say yet because, like I said, there's he said the other moving parts now.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the key line for me, is they're all the moving parts, uh, and that's because I think that one thing has changed and it's kind of changed uh, what happens uh, elsewhere as well. So we'll see what happens. Tommy?
2: I think it would be pretty cool to see Newman in the uh, 21 car um, if that was to happen, but um, I don't want to see him retire yet either. I want to see him continue to race. He's one of the old heads because he's been – I feel like he drove that O two 2 car, all will tell, in, like, 2000, 2001, if I remember. So I mm-hmm. still want him to be out there. Him and Harvick and Kurt Busch don't retire. Keep on going.
0: Yeah, Harvick raced uh, with Jim for for a while. Okay, did you have any new topics, uh, Tommy? Uh,
2: I don't have any off the top of my head right now.
4: Okay, Jay. No, that one pretty pretty much tapped me out, and I know we did go into the overtime for tonight, so uh, I think we're good for tonight.
0: Okay, that'll be great. Okay, so let's go ahead and start our roundtable. Tommy, we'll start off with you for that.
2: Um, at NASCAR fan since '95. Uh, not really currently working on anything right now, but um, give me a follow i um, much appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Always a pleasure. Uh, Jay?
4: You can follow me on uh, Michael Hoosman on Facebook, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. And I know I got some downtime tomorrow to try and finish up the Michael McDowell article and get that to Sharon. Uh, so that can come out this week. Uh, I kind of thought about whether or not to, to hold off being that if we see if he makes the playoffs, but I think he is pretty much good. I don't want to say guaranteed. That's a tough word to use, but should at least be into the playoffs here as we're running out of races now to get multiple winners that might push him out. As we have discussed early in the year, I don't think that's the probability anymore because uh, that means Kyle Larson has to quit winning races and I don't see that happening. So <laughs> I will work very hard on that tomorrow and uh, see if I can't get that to you, Sharon, by, uh, hopefully before Thursday, before we do the preview show on Thursday. Okay. Uh,
0: yes, uh, Fan4Racing uh, site on Twitter and Fan4Racing blog and radio everywhere else, including our website, fan 4 uh, And I know we didn't get Sam's uh, recap up. He had some personal things come up that uh, prevented him from doing that this week. Hopefully he'll be back with uh, a recap for next week. So just an FYI there. Uh, and yes, we're looking forward to doing the show on Thursday night, uh, and that'll be the preview. All three series are racing at Nashville this week, uh, so that's going to be a fun one to do. In addition, the SRX is racing, <coughs> excuse me, at Knoxville, and we've got uh, the IndyCar racing at Road America. So uh, uh, just keep everybody up to date on all the races going on this coming weekend. Um, a big shout-out to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, we're happy to have you here and hope you'll come back uh, for Thursday night show and, and throughout the season. And a shout-out to our Fame for Racing crew. Uh, again, we appreciate Tommy being on standby for us every week. Uh, because a lot of times I don't know until the last minute whether or not, uh, people are going to be on the show, uh, especially for Hot Topics. So, uh, Tommy and Owen are usually our standby guys, uh, for those, uh, for those nights. But, uh, we appreciate, uh, you guys being flexible and, uh, being a part of our team. So, uh, thank you for that. And Jay. Uh, you co-hosted last Monday night. We had Jay, we had uh, Sal back this Monday night. Uh, he's been doing a whole lot of uh, back and forth with uh, work, and so we really appreciate you for stepping up uh, in those cases as well. So, and I'm looking forward to the Thursday night show. So, with that, I think we'll call it a night.
4: All right. We'll talk to you on Thursday.
0: Okay.